This encore program for Fire on the Earth was chosen based on the request from many listeners. Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host. We're here again today with my daughter, Rachel. Rachel Herbeck, who works for Renewal Ministries and works with an outreach called ID to 20 and 30-year-olds. It's uh, ID meaning intentional disciples. And uh, Rich shared a little bit about that on Monday. If you didn't have a chance to tune into the program, we've been talking this week about learning how to walk in the delight that the Lord, that our God, our Father, and our Lord Jesus Christ have for us. Jesus said, as the Father loves me, so I love you. And John 15 and John 17, he says, as the Father loves the Son, so the Father loves us. And so we're, we're being drawn into, as children of God, into the actual awareness and the experience. We're, we're mind, body, you know, persons, we have emotions. God has emotions. There's a lot of references in the Bible that talk about God's delight, God's favor, God's joy directed toward his children. And for us to be able to really passionately live for the Lord the way he wants us to, is we need to be able to experience what he actually thinks about us. To grow in passion for Jesus, the best way to do that is to know his passion for us. And to walk in greater freedom of the children of God is to know God's favor and how much he delights in extending his mercy toward us. So we ended the program yesterday, Rachel, and I just beginning to scratch the example of uh, the prodigal son. Rachel's going to share with us a little bit today some of the things that she's been learning about that. Welcome back, Rachel. Yeah, thanks for having me back. One thing, too, even just going off of what you were saying as we're sitting here talking and even from the previous shows, I think um, sometimes because we don't want to give too much attention to having like an emotional experience or living by our emotions or letting the truth be defined by our emotions, yes, we do not want the truth to be defined by our emotions. And obviously we want the truth to guide us and we can, you know, we our emotions are not the engine, they're what follows, they're the caboose. But to actually give, I think sometimes then we can be afraid and almost cut off an experience of God in our emotions. So even if as you're listening, to just give permission to say it's good. God wants us to experience him right in our mind, body, and spirit and in our emotions. That doesn't mean we're always going to have an emotional experience, but we aren't always going to be in desolation. You know, sometimes we think like as Catholics, Oh, it's like I'm having a good Catholic experience if I'm living in the desert spiritually and emotionally 24 seven, you know, and that's not the case, you know. And so I think to just right now open ourselves to the Lord and give permission to say, no, it's okay and it's good to have an experience of God in our affections, in our emotions, in our desires. And that's actually what oftentimes the way that the Lord desires to move us, you know, and he's in charge of how he wants to move us. And so it's not like we're disappointed if there's a lack of that, but to stop kind of, I think sometimes we can do that as Catholics. We can define our experience of God and be like anti-experience or anti-emotion because of what we're scared of swinging the pendulum the other way. So just as we're, as we're talking about these things, as we're using the phrase emotions, experience, all that kind of stuff to maybe just ask the Lord to maybe put down any walls in your heart or your mind that you've put up to him working in your experience and in your affections and emotions, you know, remember the devil's a thief. Yeah. You know, and he comes in to steal. Mm-hmm. He comes to steal what the Lord wants to seed in us, that what, what he wants to give to us. Mm-hmm. And I was just thinking as you were talking, when Jesus was with the little children, 
And he delighted, you know, he laughed, he rejoiced in the Father. Father, you're so clever. Father, you're so wise. Look, you give the biggest, most important things to the little children. Right. And you hide them from the problem. He was literally rejoicing. He was Mm -hmm. probably laughing out loud with joy at how good the Father is and how wise he is. So let's talk a little bit about the prodigal son in terms of what that teaches us in this regard in particular. Well, I think going off of, you know, what we've been talking about, about receiving the Father's delight in us. And really looking, and we've talked about this a lot. I'm sure you've talked about this on the show, but even the larger narrative that our mind is attaching to, oftentimes we can accidentally live in a narrative that like we're the one going after God. And so like we have to adjust our behavior. We have to adjust and we have to kind of fit in this path that he wants us and get to this place that he wants us and then receive relationship from him where it's actually quite the opposite. You know, and everything we've been talking about, we like, you know, scripture says we love because he first loved us. That even includes our love back to God, all that kind of stuff. But that really the narrative that we're living in is a God who came to us. And then this is our response. And so I love a, a Bible teacher that we both had a really fruitful study from. He talks about how the story of the prodigal son from God's perspective is not a story about a son who's lost his inheritance. You know, and that's often how we see it. We see it as the son who squandered his inheritance and came back. But it's actually a story about a rejoicing father who got his son back, you know, who was able to bring his son back into the family. And it's a story about how the father responds to people when they repent. And so I think even just having that switch of the image of seeing this from like, this is the story about what the father is doing in regards to what the son is doing and not what the son needs to do in order to get a response from the father. Is that, does that make sense? Yeah. And the whole image of the father going out to the mm-hmm. son right. is something, again, going back to what you're saying, we, we so often think we're trying to reach God. We're trying to get God's attention and we're missing, mm-hmm. we're missing the fundamental momentum or movement that begins with God himself in the right. heart of a loving father. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And I think there's so many little things of like, even for us, to look at, even in just that exchange of the story. So many of us know the story of the prodigal son. The son asked for his inheritance from the father early, you know, basically saying to the father, I wish you were dead, you know, and so then he goes back. He wastes all of his money. There's a famine in the land, so he ends up having to essentially live and eat what the pigs are eating. And in this total place of desperation, he realizes his sin against his father and he goes home and the entire way home, he's rehearsing his speech. So this is what I'm going to say to my father. I'm going to say I've sinned against you. Let me back in. If you let me back in your house, I'll be your servant. And so he's thinking like we do so much with the Lord of like we were talking about before the time we spend with God bargaining with God of saying, no, I can still if you just let me in a little bit, if you just give me another chance, I'll work my way back up. He said, because that's essentially what the son is saying. He's saying, I'm back and I'll start as a servant if you want me to. And I can prove myself. I can work my way back up to being a son. And sometimes we think that that's actually a holy mindset. And it's not, you know, it's not the mindset of the father. And so the the son goes back and we often focus on what the son is doing. But the father catches a glimpse of his son. Why would he, he, he sees his son out the window because he's, he's looking every day for his son to come back, you know, mm-hmm. and then he runs to meet him. You know, he doesn't wait until I'm going to see how much effort you put in. And if you make it halfway there, you know, I'm going to run out to meet you. You know, all of these things that we think God is thinking about how we think he's bargaining with us about our behavior. Now, the father sees the son and he runs out to meet him. And I think even thinking about in ancient times, like for a father in probably his royal robe, you know, a, a very wealthy man to 
run in that way to joyfully run out would have been just an image that people weren't used to. You yeah, know? and really, most of the men never run. Yeah, you know, right. You know what I mean? They don't run in public like yeah. that. You know run, I mean? They yeah, they yeah. go on a run, you yeah. know, to get conditioned, but running with excitement yeah. to something to receive the sun, and the sun doesn't even get his full speech out. You know, so how many? I'm even thinking about how many times I've stood in the confession line, and even I'm crafting what I'm going to say to the priest, you know, perfectly to say like. How, okay, if I say it this way, maybe God will receive it in this way. And it, it just, it's all making me feel better yeah. about myself. And the, the father interrupts, interrupts the speech and he doesn't even say anything to the son about his sin. Yeah. You know, he's not like, oh yeah, I knew, yeah, that was horrible that you did that. And you should be really sorry about this, but like, don't worry, I forgive you. Yeah. You know, he knows the sincerity of his son. So he doesn't even address it to him. He just embraces him. Yeah. Jesus wants us to hear this story. You know, he wants us to internalize this understanding of who the father is. He saw him from a distance. He was watching. The son was on his heart. As soon as he saw him, compassion moved him. Tender love for his son. Mm -hmm. You know, as you said, he ran and it says he fell on his neck. The father embraced him instead of being disgusted and angry with him because mm-hmm. the father was humiliated by what yeah. the son did, mm-hmm. you know, was and not only humiliated, but deeply hurt. And then he kissed him, you know, mm-hmm. signifying restoration. Yeah. You know, he then said, you know, you made a good point. He's, it's the prodigal father who's just pouring himself out. Right. But he didn't give the son time to say, but father, I'm going to fix it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just right. let me fix it. Like you're saying, it's a really, really good point. And then what does the father do? He said, bring out the best robe, mm-hmm. you know, that I can give him. It provides the garment. This is the God, the Father saying, giving us the garment of salvation when mm-hmm. we come to him. Right. You know, yeah. he wants to clothe us, you know, give him a ring, the authority, the family. He's established in the family. We've been given authority mm-hmm. as children of God, the sharing right. in what belongs to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, give him the kill the fatted calf, which only happened, you know, special occasions mm-hmm. and be merry. Let's celebrate. Yeah. You know, yeah. we have a God who loves to celebrate. Yeah. And it's like there's something in us, even as we hear the story, and even when we come back to the Father, there's just something, it's like this seed in us that we resist that. You know, we come back to the Father and we resist because we see, we see all of ourselves and we know ourselves, and there's something in us that's saying, there's just no, how could it be possible that this, like, that the Father who, who knows exactly what I've done, who knows exactly my heart in every possible way more than anybody's ever seen me, and is not going to give me a lecture, is not going to give, is not going to condemn me, you know? And I had an ex- experience recently in prayer that the Lord's been saying to me a lot of all, I'll begin to kind of have this experience of delight in the Lord and receiving what he thinks about me. And then I'll like remind him of like reasons why he shouldn't, you know, why I need to do something else first. But God, remember this sin or remember how I failed here. Remember, and he, in a very like tender and gentle way, he corrected me. He said, you're the one saying, but. I'm not the one saying, but, mm-hmm. you know, just stop saying, but, yeah. you know, every time I try to pour myself out on you, you say, but this, but that. And he's like, I'm not saying, but you're the one trying to remind me. I'm not trying to remind you. You know, I forgot your sins are in the bottom of the sea, you know? And so I think to have that of like all the, where are the places that we're saying, but to the Lord, like, but remember this or, but remember this. And the Lord's saying, I'm not the one who's refusing to let that go. You know, you're the one who's holding on to that and actually receiving my love and even just stop, like, I'd be like, I'm not going to say, but, you know, I'm, I'm just going to receive God's mercy, you know, after, conf- even after I go to confession, I'm not going to say, 
but now I have to see how long I can act perfectly, you know, and if I fall, then that ruins my whole confession that I just had or whatever, you know, even in the practicalities of that saying, I'm just going to withhold from that. And I'm going to try to receive God's love because that actually will help me release, you know, and I think for a lot of us, we don't, I think the Lord wants to really bring us back into an experience of the tenderness of God. You know, the idea of tenderness is really foreign to a lot of us, especially in relation to God. You know, we can experience him as demanding or tough. And a lot of that is in relation to how we experience our own families, you know, our own relationships to our parents, you know, but the father revealing this father that has no qualms about making a fool of himself, you know, probably the his entire household of servants, people that worked for him, the rest of his family saw him sprinting at, you know, holding his robe up, sprinting out, kissing his son, you know, just in this joyous excitement. And some of them probably were thinking, well, that doesn't look very dignified or that doesn't, you know, like he or wasn't even like, well, what is he doing? Yeah. Why yeah. would he, how is he going to punish him? You know, the father had no concern for that. And he was just, he enveloped his son in this tender place of love. And I think to really, for us to come into that is hugely freeing in our life and our spiritual life to experience that tenderness of the father to say, actually, this is why Jesus is telling this story, not because He's saying it has to be different for you, but he's saying this is the exact way that the Father wants to relate to you. Yeah, so true. Rich, thank you for being with us uh, this week. I know you can't be with us anymore this week, but maybe we can have you back in the future. This is good stuff to talk about. It makes me think Mm -hmm. about St. Francis used to kneel before the cross and say, Father, tell me who are you and who am I? Let's ask the Holy Spirit to do that for each and every one of us so we can live in the joy and gladness of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.